Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What a great weekend, huh? What a great weekend. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers and Farmers. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. All right, so look, we don't put all of the blame on the feet of the losing quarterbacks, nor do we give all of the credit to the winning quarterbacks, right? 
I mean, if you go through all of these games, there, there, there actually is kind of an interesting parallel, right? There, there honestly is. Uh, at least in, in three of them especially, maybe even four. Uh, the ability to run and stop the run, it's so funny. Like, we, com- we completely forgot about all of that. We're like, ah, oh, it's a passing league. But the Kansas City Chiefs dominated the Colts because they could run the football and stop the run. And really, like, the, the, the Chiefs who had no defense to speak of up until, I don't know, now, suddenly had one. What a great Saturday in Kansas City in that cold weather it was for Pat Mahomes and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. But the story of that game was, was the defense more than the offense. It's not that we didn't know their offense was good and had some explosive players. It was, are you kidding me? They got a defense now, too? Continuing on with Saturday, what's the defense in the Rams and the Cowboys game? Right? Rams could run it. Cowboys couldn't. Which brings us to, and then, you know, you look at New England yesterday, and yes, Tom Brady was fantastic. But the, the game plan of power running football, the use of Rob Gronkowski, who showed his versatility as a blocker more than a pass catcher. They just ran the ball right at and right through the Chargers, who looked like the moment was just too big for them. And then, and then while, while the Saints, it was not like they're a prodigious running team, and they did really benefit greatly, greatly from Alshon Jeffrey uh, dropping, a, dropping a pass that he should have caught for a first down and the, the Eagles being in great position to win that game. The fact is that the Eagles struggled to run the football, which made their offense struggle more than they usually did. But I, I, I love the idea last week when the Cowboys won and Dak threw a couple of great balls in the second half, but wasn't all that consistent in terms of his accuracy. You had people saying, look, you know, it's not that pretty, but he's a winner. Okay, well, if, if the end-all be-all of every Dak Prescott discussion is he's a winner, why aren't we having that discussion now? And while you can sit there and tell, you, tell me, well, he was a better quarterback because of the stats, dude, there were eight guys in that box the entire time. They dared the Cowboys to throw the football, and there were times in which Dak was just not accurate enough. You want to know a winner? Tom Brady is a winner. You guys aware of this? 19 years of starting quarterback, 13 times he's been in the AFC Championship game. That's obscene. That's, that, that's just obscene. And, and we, we so often want to go against the common thought within the professional sports league, right? That Dak Prescott's fine. He's, he's not great. He's not terrible. He's fine. No, no, no. You guys don't get it. He's better than fine. He's great. Then when asked to be great, he cannot. He does not have that competitive greatness within him. It's the same thing where I, the, the league, though, it's gone too much in the let's find the next Sean McVay. Like there's something to the Sean McVay thing. And it's not just the play calling and the relationship with the quarterback. He's the whole package. It's the whole package. That's a good Dallas Cowboys team. That's a really good one. And they saw the speed at linebacker, the speed on defense, and said, you know what, let's line up and let's just mash them. And that's exactly what they did. With one star running back and C.J. Anderson, who was signed off the street and looked like he was on the street. Like, he looked more like, remember Tolbert, the little running back with the, with the uh, Carolina Panthers when we went to the Super Bowl? Th- that's what we look like. You want to know a winner? 
Tom Brady's a winner. This is what, like, the, the all-time greats do this. And we talked about this the entire season. Like, look, I don't want to declare him dead, but boy, do they look old. But boy, have they changed to being a power-running team, and I don't want to play him in January. Like, I don't know. Well, the Patriots hurt us. Don't believe me? Here's Brady after the game. AFC Championship game, and it's a rematch against Kansas City. This time, though, in Arrowhead. What can we expect from that one? It'll be a good game. They're a good team. And uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know, you know, everyone thinks we suck and, you know, can't win any games. So we'll see. It'll be fun. Now, listen, I've, I've sat next to Rob Parker. I, I've, I've worked with, with uh, Nick Wright. Like, you name it. And, and they're not wrong in that. They're not wrong in the fantasy football aspect of it, in the foot race aspect of it. This is layup line basketball. Let me give you the best parallel you're ever going to get, okay? That there are people who you go to a basketball game and you watch a team play in layup lines or in the airport, but layup lines. You want one team's dunking and they look great and they're passing, they're clapping, they're doing that. Right? They're doing the clapping. They're whooping. The other team's just doing layups, just shooting jump shots, just getting ready. And you walk into the gym, you're like, that team at that end, that's the one I'm going with. And then you watch a little bit more closely, and the other team is a little bit more locked in. They're fist bumping each other, but they have like a, a laser like focus. They look a little bit older. They look a little bit wiser. And all of a sudden, they start spreading you out and cutting you up, screening you. Next thing you know, open three, whap, open three, whap. You decide to stay home, throw it in the post. They get a little post up, kind of a little funky hook shot, but it goes in. They're gapping you defensively. Every time you cut, they're putting a forearm in your chest. They're being physical, but not dirty, but to the point of, hey, are they being dirty? This is, I mean, look, the, the Chargers were like USA basketball and the Patriots were like Argentina. Just find a way to win that game, exploit the weakness and put the pressure on the other team that hasn't been there before playing as a team together and they collectively collapsed. Like, look, what we're, what we're telling you about Dak, what we're telling you about Foles, and, you know, Foles wasn't great yesterday. Second interception, absolutely not on him. And he does get rid of it quicker, which does have some benefits, but some of it's because he's a, he can get a little bit jittery back there as opposed to Wentz, who might hold it a tick too long, but there's some benefit to that as well. Like, look, what we're telling you about Dak and we're telling you about Foles is... This thing is not about one game here, one game there, winning a game, losing a game. It's about the ability to do it time and again, not just based upon having a better game plan, but can you make a play and can you make the, can you make the right throw and the right read at the right time? And Brady just consistently does it, and the best consistently do it. I think Foles is one of the top five people in the NFL. Like what I see from the, the Eagles and the loss, there's a video now, of Doug Peterson waiting for every player before they go into the locker room. There's of course the, the video we saw yesterday in the still photos of Nick Foles going over to Alshon Jeffrey and consoling him. Like as far as people are concerned, like I know Nick a little bit. I know people who know him. They're like, he's the real deal as a guy, but Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. 
you can't solely judge based upon wins and losses. The perfect example is Nick Foles played good enough to win yesterday against Drew Brees. He did. He was leading them on what looked like a game-winning drive. Plenty of time on the clock. Had plenty of time to throw. Threw it to his best player, open over the middle. They would have been right there in the red zone. Chance to win the game. Does it mean they would have won it? No. But it put them in what felt like great position. But just like you can't judge Foles based upon the previous week when he really didn't play well against the Bears in the win, let's not judge him on this week. You judge guy based upon the overall body of work and what you see and what the league thinks. The same is true with Dak Prescott. They have to do so many things in Dallas to make Dak Prescott look like a star when he's just fine. I didn't say he's terrible. He's just, he's okay. He's mediocre right there in the average category. Whereas Tom Brady, sure, at this point in time, he needs a masterful game plan. But when given the opportunity with throws, it feels like he always delivers. It just does. So there's something to the ability to consistently win. And while we can't judge based upon one gamer here or there, right? Like Brady guys at his feet both times against the Giants in the Super Bowl still had a chance to win both of those games, by the way. I mean, like, look, if we want to really judge wins and losses, it's okay. They should have maybe lost to Seattle, but that was after a Tom Brady drive. But if David Tyree doesn't catch the ball against his helmet, or if Wes Welker catches a ball that hits him in the fingertips, he might not have lost those two Super Bowls. Right? Like last year, if you want to put it on Brady because he fumbled when they're down five, that's fine. But he didn't miss the extra point and his team never punted. Think about that. Like you, you just can't put everything on one player in a sport where 46 guys are active. Is he more responsible than any other player? Yeah, I'll go with that. But the, to the Dak Prescott is a winner because he won the week before would make him a loser this week. That makes no sense. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. He, he misses throws in, you know, he misses throws by, by a greater margin than he should. Considering how many credit hours he has in the NFL. Guys, throws are constantly high or low or left or right. And the reads aren't as fluid as the best in the game. But he can, in fact, run it. He does have value. He is versatile. He is tough. He is a good leader. But just like you can't lump him in as a great quarterback because they won last week, you can't kill him because they lost this week. And the same is true for Foles. It's about consistency of performance. It's about the ability to deliver. And while I don't give Brady all of the credit this weekend, that, that, that's about an organization understanding and evolving throughout the season. Here's who we are. Here's how we're going to win. Laying in wait, getting as healthy as possible, executing the game plan to, you know, there were some mistakes there, but as close to perfection as possible. And beating a super talented team in the Chargers who, if you looked at layup lines and you're like, damn, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon and Phillip Rivers and... Derwin James and Nick, Nick Bosa, should be Nick, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. You're like, dude, that team in layup lines, I'm taking them. Meanwhile, the Patriots are down there working on their screening, their passing, their cutting, and they're winning. Pretty amazing thing. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take you to Kansas City as Mitchell Schwartz, who is a, I think he's an all-pro, isn't he? I know he's a pro bowler. 
from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to he's an all pro. He's going to join us in 15 minutes. He's the more talented of the Schwartz brothers. Of course, Jeff comes on the show sometimes as well. But coming up next, the whole idea that the Eagles just play better with Nick Foles as quarterback. We will disprove that. Upcoming next. But first, you know, using True Car, you can easily find that the, the car that you want. With True Price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever even visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories, and True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the car that you want. Now, you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident, and your certified dealer knows this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. Do you know that over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users using the True Car Certified Dealer Network? It's a lot, right? And there are over 15,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. So there's a lot of places you can go that are True Car Certified Dealers, and True Car users save on average 3,000 off MSRP. The idea is really simple. It's like comps in real estate. Don't you want to know what other people paid for the same car, for the same accessories? You can. And then, of course, you can negotiate and pay less before you ever walk into a dealership. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, Visit True Car. You're going to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs, from manual manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more getting an interview with express can be as easy as a phone call and with just one application with express employment professionals you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community make your job search easier by letting the professionals at express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team express employment professionals is your one connection for getting a job visit expresspros.com today You've put it off long enough. 
it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Goodyear tires. Ship, ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Well, it's just a simple fact. Um, so funny. I'm looking at this. Uh, it's supposed to be like 5 to 10 degrees in Kansas City this weekend. We'll ask Mitchell Schwartz who grew up in Southern California, what it's like to play in the cold in Kansas City as the Patriots come to town. I, I will say this, that your, your body adjusts. Your body adjusts. And um, the, the same reason that, you know, the Rams looked so uncomfortable against the Bears early this season, how uncomfortable did the Chargers look? How uncomfortable did the, did the Chargers look in that cold? Was that... Like you have Desmond Kings had a great year, you know, returning kicks. You you muff a punt. It was it was twenty to seven, and obviously the Patriots are still playing well, but the Chargers had finally gotten a stop, right? Finally forced a punt, and they muff a muff a punt with a really good punt returner. And can I give it to the pressure? Sure. Can I give it to the cold? Sure. That's part of it. We can go pressure. We can go wind, although wind wasn't a huge factor. You know, you can go slippery football, or, or maybe you can just say, hey, it was super, super cold and the pressure. And anyone who's lived in Southern California and lives somewhere else, you know that, you know, most of us, you adjust. I mean, I adjusted over time. I, I'll, I'll never forget this. My first year at Notre Dame, music, I'm not sure if I ever told you this story. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. M- my first year at Notre Dame, uh, I didn't have, I didn't own a pair of jeans. I didn't own a pair of jeans. So my mom bought me a pair of, I think they were Gap jeans. Right? Like Gap, I think they were baggy fit. This is 95, 96. Baggy fit was in. So I had like some Gap baggy fit jeans. 
and they were baggy. Like I, I'm, I'm, I've been like a 33, 34 waist since I've become an adult. And I think they were 36. So they, they would even sag, they would sag a little bit, but that was the style. So I had one pair of jeans and before I left, my mom gave me this green parka she bought from L.L. Bean. And it was like, you know, polar lined, fleece lined or whatever. I mean, I, I look like the kid from Christmas Story. Kid from a Christmas Story. So it, it, in October and maybe even in, in September in South Bend, September in South Bend, it's pretty nice. But at the end of the month, once it gets to October, it's super, super gray. And I remember it was like 50 degrees one day. And I had to come down to the gym for workouts just before practice started. And I threw on a parka and I threw on a beanie cap and I go down and ride my bike down to the gym. And when I got to the coaches' offices, they all want to take pictures of me. Like, what are you doing? I was like, it's cold. I got a jacket on. Like, dude, that's, that's for snow. That's no, 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 no. This is for me because I'm cold and it warms me up. That's what I felt like with the Chargers. Like you go out there, it's not an excuse. It's the reality of it. You're so used to playing at one temperature that you can go and line yourself up and wear the gloves and, and act. You have this road warrior mentality. We won last week in Baltimore. But when you're used to going out to the practice field at 60 degrees, 65 degrees, even in the dead of winter, and you walk out and it's a crisp 20 degrees, my 40 degree difference in playing the same sport is huge. We'll catch up with Mitchell Schwartz. We'll ask him what, what it's like to play in this cold and, and, and how it changes getting ready for the Patriots this weekend. All right, I, I said this about Foles. To anyone thinks I'm a Foles hater, I, I'm not. I'm just realistic about it. Right, Nick Foles is, he, first of all, great dude. But one of the reasons he gets rid of it so quickly is because he doesn't have what Carson Wentz has. He just doesn't. He doesn't have that ability to make plays with his feet nearly as much or that ability to, to play through contact. Now, he's still a good, solid quarterback who has honed his craft and they know how to call plays for him. Nick Foles, for all the hype uh, over you know, how he's playing, he's an NCAA tournament darling. Right, this is Loyola of Chicago, or this is, hey, I once saw Jimmer Fredette light up said player on TV. What you see on TV is what you react to. Just look at the Chargers, same team I talked about. If I try and convince you the Chargers had a great season, you're like, they just got their asses kicked by the Patriots. No, that's because what you, it's recency bias and it's playoff bias. Yeah, they got beat by, they got beat by, uh, by the Patriots on the road in the playoffs. It's happened to a ton of teams. And frankly, they got humiliated by the Patriots on the road, right? Patriots team that's offense and struggle just could not be stopped. And they just lined up and ran it right through them. But in the recency and playoff bias, because we pay it, we forget the defense. The, the defense was outstanding last week against a different style with the Ravens. They had won in Pittsburgh. They had won in Seattle. They had won in Baltimore. They won in Kansas City. Like, look, it was a matchup, and the thing just spun out of spiraled out of control. The same thing with Nick Foles. Like, look, if you watch Foles in the preseason, you watched him early in the season, he didn't look good. They couldn't wait to get Carson Wentz back. 
In games this season, remember Carson Wentz coming off of an ACL. They struggle with the running game. Alshon Jeffrey wasn't healthy at the start of the year. Carson Wentz and Nick Foles are essentially the same player in terms of their offensive productivity. 22.1 for Foles points per game, 21.9 for Wentz. Wentz passed for more yards, more yards per attempt, had a higher passer rating, and had a better touchdown to interception ratio. Like what we're not quantifying is the quality of opponents they played to, the surrounding talent. But if you want to go based upon stats, they're kind of the same guy in terms of their productivity, only Wentz was actually better. The difference was the, the Eagles started to run the football. What about last season? Remember when they won the Super Bowl? You're like, oh, Nick Foles was awesome. He was really good in the last couple of games he played. Carson Wentz was better. Carson Wentz leading that offense averaged two more points, two entirely more points per game. 31 to 29. And, and the greatest test is going to be Nick Foles is going to be on the open market. You know, otherwise they got to pay $20 million to keep him. And, and maybe they find a way to make this thing work. And they say, hey, look, Foles, Nick, are you happy with a role as a sometime starter, most time backup, and you make four or $5 million a year? Or do you want to one more time go for the gusto, have your own team? And if you do, we have a mutual way to part, part ways or we could find a way to get you to a place like Jacksonville. But more opportunity and more money doesn't mean more happy and nobody knows that better than Nick Foles. So, I mean, th this idea that, that Foles is better than Wentz is silly. Nobody actually thinks that. It's that he's been more than competent. That's kind of the surprising thing. It's no different than Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's no different. Those, that's why these guys are viable backups and viable as starting quarterbacks, although some of the bottom starting quarterbacks in the league as compared to their contemporaries. We get huge news, I'm told, in the NFL. Huge news. Let's get to Dan Byer. Decision, final decision before they start spring training, which Doug would is next month in February before the NFL Combine and all of that. So that's likely when we'll find out the real decision from Kyler Murray, but he has declared for the NFL draft just a few minutes ago. Cowboys offensive coordinator Jason Garrett says he expects offensive coordinator Scott Linehan to return next season. He made the comments to 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Garrett says he doesn't anticipate any significant changes to their staff. Former Texans and Broncos head coach Gary Kubiak will interview for the Jaguars' offensive coordinating position. Some big news in the NBA. Rocket center Clint Capella out four to six weeks with a thumb injury on his right hand. ESPN with the news that Capella has some damaged ligaments in that thumb, so is going to miss at least a month. No Kyrie Irving for the Celtics tonight against the Nets. He's out with a bruised quad. We'll be back to the Doug Gottlieb show in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now back to Doug Gottlieb and the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. So... So I, I, I said this before, Byer, I, I feel like, I, I don't feel like, I know I was ahead of uh, most of the rest of the world when I said, like, look, he'd be smart to play football if he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. Baseball will be there for him. Um, that said, I wouldn't take him in the first round, even though somebody else will, right? No, like, I've, he's been described to me as Doug Flutie with Mike Vick's athleticism. Um, I, I mean, he's tiny, tiny. 
right? Like, yeah, and there's some. There may be not that he's wildly inaccurate, but they're saying he's not as accurate as Baker Mayfield was at Oklahoma entering the draft. So, if you're looking for a guy who can really throw it, that maybe he is. I don't want to say lacking, but maybe just not as good as Baker Mayfield was. No, and and he's more of a runner, whereas Baker Mayfield would run, but he would also move within and out of the pocket in order to throw the football. So they're they're two different guys within the same offense, and it'll be. It'll be interesting to see exactly how it how it works out. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. He is an all pro, and even more importantly, he's the better of the two brothers, right? That that's really Mitchell Schwartz joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I have hey, look. There's nothing like the love and support of family, and your brother Jeff, who of course he guest hosts on uh, Fox Sports Radio, and he has this deal on the Action Network, and he's big on social media, and he is your biggest fan and defender. But how often have you let him know over the last couple of weeks that you are, in fact, still in the league and an all-pro, and he is covering you as a member of the media? Uh, I don't have to do that too much. Uh, I think it's kind of an understood thing at this point. But uh, it's great to you know, have him out there as publicist, hype man, however you want to call it. Uh, you know, it's just cool to have a lot of support on, on social media from him. Yeah, like, look, if you're, a, if you're the heavyweight champion of offensive lineman, he is your guy holding the belt coming in. Uh, saying the champ is here, right? That's essentially his role, and it's a, it's a pretty pretty fun role for 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 him to have. Um, okay, we need to get him some better clothes if that's the case. That's that's also true, <laughs> and some and some gold chains, and maybe some sort of funny hat. So you get ready for your plan on Saturday, and you wake up Saturday morning, and you knew weather was going to be, you know, it, it was going to. Everyone knew there was going to be a snowstorm. What does an offensive lineman from Southern California think when you wake up and you see the white stuff on the ground when you're driving to work Saturday? So we think it's great. I mean, uh, you know, I've been out of Southern California for a few years now, and it's got me pretty acclimated to the snow. So I just think like an offensive lineman now, and for us, it's great. I mean, you know, pretty much anything that. Uh, happens weather-wise, it can slow down the field. Typically, works in our favor. You know, uh, a little bit worse footing for the defensive line. Not quite as much get off from them. And, uh, you know, so, from the selfish offensive line perspective, we're always digging it. And um, you know, I think we showed that you're still able to throw the ball pretty effectively too. And of course, having Pat back there makes that makes that pre- uh, pretty easy for us. But um, I never played in a true snow game. You know, Jeff had one uh, game, and uh, he always talked about that, and it was exciting. And so. The snow, it snowed like all night, all morning, and then right about game time, kind of let up a little. So I feel like I haven't played in the true snow game yet. Um, have you have you heard about this weather forecast for this weekend? <laughs> I have. Uh, you know, some of my Southern California family members that are coming to town have uh, heard about it too, and aren't quite as pleased about it as I think I am. But we have a game either last year or two years ago that was one degree at kickoff. So I think this game will be slightly warmer, just by a couple degrees. So what what is you know like I, I, it's it's hard for us to I, I would never go to a game like that I'm just telling you like I, I don't think I would ever go but you have to go you have to play like do you feel it I mean your face is obviously not covered but you got a helmet on you know you can load up with layers I, like how much of the cold do you actually feel when you're playing So yeah, you probably feel it the least because you're obviously kind of the most cared for and, and people are taking care of you. So when you're on the field, you're running around, you're moving, it's not too bad. You come off to the bench, you get heated benches, they have those, you know, capes or pullover jacket things for you, you get underneath one of those and then come of that heated bench and just overall body heat from having played. Uh, it's not too bad. I think the worst for us is, you know, during a timeout or during a, a stoppage and play where you're out in the middle of the field, kind of standing around on the huddle, uh, the wind kicks up. I mean, the wind chill is going to be much worse than, you know, any actual temperature. So 
when you stand in the middle of the field, not much is going on. Wind picks up uh, for us at the coldest. And like you said, I mean, those fans, man, it's crazy to see them out there and playing in the cold. And yeah, I don't know how they do it. it just shows the uh, the passion that our fans have. Yeah, I mean, they're un- unbelievable fans. Of course, there hadn't been a home playoff win since '93. Uh, what did it mean to get off to that hot start? Right, I th- you got the ball. You- defense gets a stop. You guys get the ball. Five plays later. Uh, touchdown, then, you know, another three and out, and then eight plays, 70 yards, a touchdown. To go to go up 17 nothing to start the game, considering um, con- considering how much kind of um, – how last year went, really. What, 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 what did that mean to this team? Yeah, you know, I, I think we have the confidence all we go into the game that, you know, we, we kind of saw that uh, happening a little bit, and a lot of the media stuff obviously was, you know, close to the line and going against our defense and the snow – Conditions and that's going to favor, you know, like we talked about earlier, favor the favors the offensive line with how well they're playing. That it could be a bad matchup for us, but um, you know, defense is, is pretty solid in there, and that defense line, especially, uh, I mean, they can get to the passer like no one else in the league. So, um, you know, we had a, a good feel for for those guys being able to continue doing that. And you know, offensively, I mean, no one really talked about the matchup between our offense and their defense. And um, you know, our offense is pretty special, and we got some some pretty good guys on our side. So. Uh, we had all the confidence in the world that if we went out there, you know, we could kind of do our thing. And um, obviously, we'd like to score some more points in the second half there, and uh, you know, make that a little bit easier uh, game on on the back end. But it was big for us. I mean, it's big for the team to go out and get up, you know, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing, and it's early first half, and uh, you know, everyone's feeling good, and the confidence level definitely goes up. Um, so what? Like, look, but the offense did kind of stall out a little bit in the second half. Did they figure you guys out? Did you get too conservative? Like. If, if there's the only point for concern could be that though the defense was way better than expected, you would have, I thought like, look there because of Tennessee last year and Pittsburgh a couple years ago, like they're going to, they're going to open up the playbook in the second half and, and put a 40 or a 50 spot on the Colts. And it didn't happen. What went wrong offensively in the second half? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty good too. Uh, like I said, I mean, we thought we could do some good things the challenge that we had going up against them and um you know they made some good plays we had some stuff on our side you know when you watch the films you're kind of frustrating yourself for you know either lack of awareness or, or not taking good footwork or, or fundamentals you know typically um you know throughout the season when, when we look back at things offensively and we haven't been able to execute um it usually comes back to us and, and doing our thing and you know if we're not all uh, on the same page you know as an offensive line or as, a, as an offense you, know, you just need one guy off and something bad can happen and, and kind of breaks down the play. And then, you know, you get in the second and 13, third and 12 uh, situations like that. And that definitely plays into defense's hands. So um, I think just, you know, kind of consistent execution. Uh, it sounds cliche, I know, but um, it really just does come down to that at the end of the day. And so, you know, I know we'll be, we'll be working hard this week to make sure that we're able to do that every single play because, I mean, these guys coming into town, they're uh, a pretty good bunch and they just probably put together their best complete game of the, of the year as well. So uh, it'll be a tough one. Mitchell Schwartz joining us, all pro offensive lineman for the uh, the team with the best record in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you remember about the Patriots last time you faced them? Well, exciting game. I mean, uh, we left that one, you know, frustrated and uh, lost by three. You know, they did a really good job in the first half, especially of you know, kind of keeping us hand down, and we had a couple uh, turnovers and. Um, you know, you're always obviously going up against uh, Coach Belichick. You're going to see some stuff that you haven't seen before, and you're going to go up against, you know, schematically some things that are different. And so you're never quite sure what, what's going to happen. And so, you know, the, the work week, the preparation is, is really key against them because um, anything can happen. You know, he's 
really known for those defensive game plans where um, something changes, you know, he takes away one guy or takes away two guys, and you got to alter your offensive game plan. So that kind of uh, chess match between him and Coach Reed's, you know, really always, always the focal point of that matchup. And I mean, we we score points, and you know, at the end of the day, we didn't score enough points. And you know, looking back, like like I said, I think that first half is really uh, the key. They they did some really good things and um, prevented us from reaching our full potential in that game. What was Pat like in comparison this Saturday to previous Thursdays and Mondays and Sundays? What was he like in that huddle? Very similar. You know, I didn't I didn't notice anything different in terms of his demeanor, his attitude, his energy. Um, I think that's kind of the cool thing with him is, you know, he does bring an energy to the team and he brings, a, you know, the confidence and a passion. And um, you only see that in a positive light. I mean, there's no negativity. There's no, you know, oh, I missed a pass here or something bad happened. You know, you don't really see any. Um, slide in him, you know, saying lost confidence. You know, there's always this, like, I don't know if it's youthful exuberance or, or what it is, but just the confidence that, you know, we're going to come back and make the next play. And, um, you know, he was locked in all week. I mean, we had a really good week of practice, and, you know, something Coach Reed's been stressing all year is everything you do on game day is going to be a, a byproduct of practice. And so, uh, being able to, you know, kind of dial in throughout the week, um, you know, I think we, uh, that led to the confidence going into the game. Yeah, it, it feels like Mitchell Schwartz joining us, offensive tackle, Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, he and his brother have a, have a book. I've, I've read it. It's called Eat My Schwartz. Uh, it's about eating and family and football and faith. It's it's really, really cool book. You can pick it up. It's it's a it's a fun read more than anything. You'll you'll end up, I don't know if you'll laugh out loud, but you'll definitely be smiling while reading the book. Um, uh, it, it strikes me that this is one of the things about young players, and it's the same in, you know, this in college sports and in professional sports. Like there's this window where you're you're still so young, you don't really understand the ramifications of everything, right? Where kind of the window, then you get to a point where you do have experience, but you also have like baggage with that experience and you you, you may get a little bit tight and overthink things because you understand the magnitude. Is it is it possible he doesn't really understand the magnitude and doesn't care? And that actually kind of works for him as opposed to the lack of experience working against him. I think it's two things. I think, you know, part of that probably is somewhat true and, you know, it's a second year overall, first year starting and, you know, hey, we have the best record, we're in the AFC championship game. Um, this is kind of the only thing he knows as a player, you know, this level of success and, you know, this is kind of just the way it is and we've got another game upcoming and, you know, it doesn't really look at the bigger picture of it and, and kind of locked in the moment. But I think with, with his dad being a professional athlete and being around pro sports his whole life, you know, he's just used to kind of the athletic life and, this is the norm for him. It's it's you know not weird stepping into a huddle as a 21, 22 year old and commanding a team because you know, he's been around athletes his whole life. He's been around guys older than him uh, on a professional level his whole life. And so I think there's that element that that, that had to have helped him. I mean his his demeanor, his coolness, um, you know all those things. I think he, he fostered that at a young age of being able to see you know leaders in a clubhouse when you're when you're a kid and seeing you know 25, 35 year old guys. Uh, showing you the ropes, um, I think it's definitely played dividends for him. And like you said, I mean, you can see it. You just, you know, the confidence that he displays, and uh, he doesn't get rattled, he doesn't get phased. He just uh, keeps plugging away. All right, so we're not going to. I don't know if you saw Northwestern uh, at, at all this year. You ever seen those videos on on social media where their strength coach, all their guys are out there like shirtless before a super cold game, like working out? Are we going to oh, yeah. see? Are we going to see Mitchell Schwartz like warming up next week, shirt off? You know. <laughs> bare-chested, working out for the game just to show that the cold doesn't bother you? I'm just going to go ahead and say, you don't want to see me shirt off regardless of the situation. So I'm going to expose social media uh, that, you know, I don't even, at this point, I don't, I don't go out for pre-game warm-up anymore. Um, something a few years ago I did, 
uh, one of my fellow offensive linemen in Cleveland, uh, his name is John Greco. He uh, didn't do you know too much of an on-field warm-up, and we had a uh, preseason game down in Tampa Bay, and you know it's August in Tampa Bay, and thunderstorms and lightning and all that, and so our whole pregame just completely got scrapped. We could only go out there for you know the 30 minutes right before the game, and so everyone's routine thrown off, and I'd kind of been thinking. Hey, I'm going to try to, you know, not really warm up and, and waste too much energy beforehand. And so I did that game and felt great coming out of it. And honestly, I, I don't really get on, on the field uh, before the game unless there's someone on the other side I want to see. Yeah, I wouldn't go out there either. Forget that. You, I'm going out there for the time you're paying me to go out there. Otherwise, I'll be, I'll, I'll be in my trailer. Mitchell, hey, congrats on the win. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. Best of luck against the Pats. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, dude, that's Mitchell Schwartz joining us, uh, brother of Jeff Schwartz, who you hear on Fox Sports Radio as our guest uh, and guest host quite often here. The Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Cowboys aren't planning on making any big changes this offseason. That's a big deal, little deal, or no deal. I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Told you would happen. We, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. We told you would happen. Kyler Murray is declared for the NFL draft. More on that to come. Plus, uh, we got a Cam Jordan's going to join us from the Saints at the top of the hour. In the meantime, let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time on the Doug Gottlieb show. Dan Beyer, what do you got, Dan? Big deal, little deal, no deal. Ah, there it is. All right, Doug. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Andrew Luck played poorly in Saturday's loss to the Chiefs for the Indianapolis Colts. It's a big deal. I mean, look, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and you play poorly, that's a that's a big deal. Does that mean that he stinks? Like, no. Does that mean there was too much pressure? Like, no. Hey, by the way, the Chiefs' defensive line is really, really good. Really good. And you get behind, you don't play well early. And they didn't play or run the football well, especially early. You're, you're, that's that's what that defense is designed for. But I think it's a big deal. I mean, dome teams never play, very rarely play well out of the dome anyway. But for Andrew Luck, considering the reputation, it's a big deal. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that new Jets coach Adam Case is already being mocked for all of his, I guess, eye motions, if you will, during today's introductory press conference. Well, look, it's a little deal. I mean, the thing is, in the NFL, you don't have to recruit, so losing the press conference and becoming a meme already that doesn't really affect you. And anybody who knows Gase knows, like, he's a little bit of a different cat anyway. That's why, this is why I think he wears a baseball hat, is it doesn't show some of his expressions normally. He, he looked... He looked like Coach Riggs uh, in in necessary roughness. He looked completely uncomfortable wearing a suit. He just why'd they put him in a suit? Just let him wear a let him wear a polo. Yeah, all right. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Rocket Center Clint Capella is going to miss four to six weeks with an injured right thumb. I think that's a very little deal. I think it actually helps the Rockets establish some depth, knowing that he's going to come back this season. Yeah, finally, big deal, little deal, or no deal that I watched the rest of Pulp Fiction and I watched Bird Box this weekend. 
Which did, did which did you like? Um, Pulp Fiction. I had to have, ask my wife to piece some of the stuff together for me because it was all over the place. And then uh, Bird Box. I was still kind of figuring out the end, but Bird Box was pretty chilling. Bit of a thriller. You had to have Pulp Fiction explained to you. I guess it pieced together. You watch it again. It's it's a one you can watch the second time. You're like, oh, that's what you said. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's uh, that's our game. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Okay, so I'm being told Cam Jordan's at 2 o'clock Pacific Coast time, 5 o'clock East Coast time. Got it. Some great games this weekend in the NFL, but there are a couple things NFL fans need to take an L on. We'll, we'll hand out some L's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Do, 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 do. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Remember last year, after the Super Bowl, And you had pundit after pundit, every former non-Patriot player after every former non-Patriot player saying the, what we thought was exact same thing, exact same thing, which was uh, Bill Belichick lost that game. Can't believe he didn't play Malcolm Butler. He didn't play Malcolm Butler. They win the game. If they can get a stop, they get a stop. If they have Malcolm Butler, how could you not play Malcolm Butler? Butler, I want you to ask yourself why they won. And and if you go X and O and you say, look, they used a fullback and fullback wham and started running the football and used the speed of the Chargers against them to, to go with, you know, the body shots of a running game and use play action and creativity and some confusion and the Chargers weren't quite ready. It was the right matchup at the right time in the right weather. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that's okay. That's okay. You can, you can give a guy, you, you, can, you can give them credit for uh, having that schematic advantage and having that actual advantage in terms of personnel. Hey, it was a good matchup for him. Fine. But take a look at all the film of Rob Gronkowski blocking. All of their wide receivers additionally blocking. Even Tom Brady, who was the efficient, yeah, but he didn't throw the ball 40, 50 times. It was Sony Michelle, three touchdowns. That's a, that's a rookie. That's sacrificing ego of themselves. Even defensively, what they were able to do to stymie a really good Charger offense, they did it because, and this is their their saying, and it's become cliche, they all did their jobs. We read you articles from the start of the year where Bill Belichick has said he would rather have slightly lesser talented players who did what he asked them to do as opposed to some superstars. If you haven't learned from the Pittsburgh Steelers, I hope you learned yesterday. Having the best players doesn't win you a championship. Having the best team, damn right it does. 
And Bill Belichick knew he, he wasn't going anywhere. And oh yeah, by the way, to, you know, if you ask Belichick, he probably said like, look, had I played Malcolm Butler and he got burned a couple, like on two plays because he was playing poorly, he had been sick, he wasn't engaged and, you know, we would have had communications breakdowns. Anyway, it could have been worse against the Eagles last year. But more than anything, he was willing to sacrifice a battle so he could win a war. And the war is the ability to stay right there in the playoffs, right there in the mix, keep the salary cap in order, instead of going after the bright, shiny object. How many times this year have we sit, sat there and said, like, why won't they make a trade for Amari Cooper? Why won't they? They should go after one of, you know, pick star wide receiver. But the only guys they're going to get are guys that are totally bought in. They have to be bright enough to assimilate to an offense. They have to be uh, egoless enough to be willing to block and sometimes not get the football. And then they have to be able to make plays in key moments. If, if you thought that last year was the end of the dynasty or that it was coming to an end on Sunday, and there are many of my, 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 my brethren at Fox Sports who believe that, just take the L. I, what do we do in sports? Sometimes you take the L. Alshon Jeffrey dropped that ball. I don't know if they win the game if he catches it, but damn, they got a good shot, right? You take the L. It doesn't work. We discussed this last week with Cody Parkey who, by the way, apparently ticked off the Bears something nasty by going on the Today Show and complaining about fans being mean. None of you saw that. We'll get into that later on the show. Oh, Belichick doesn't know what he's doing after the Malcolm Butler deal. Oh, remember the, the Alex Guerrero drama and a loss to the Super Bowl? Oh, they'll never be the same. No. Between Alex Guerrero and, Je- and, and not playing Malcolm Butler... Bill Belichick reasserted, hey, this is my franchise and my team. We're going to do it my way. And the old man's way was at 13 out of 19 years. Brady's been there as starting quarterback, and they've ended up in the AFC Championship game. That's like more than 60% of the time it works every time. That's, that's an incredible stuff. All but one year, Brady's been starting quarterback. They've been in the playoffs. Unbelievable stuff. Also, the uh, Tom Brady is over the hill. Take the L. It's okay. Eventually, he's going to be over the hill. Eventually, you're going to be right. But Sunday was not that moment. And this year, was. it does not appear to be that moment. He'll be challenged against the Chiefs. They got a nasty defensive line. That defensive line is phenomenal. Phenomenal. As much as their, their defense is maligned, their defensive line is not. It's tremendous. Chris Jones is a stud. Obviously, you saw Justin Houston. They have others. That's a good... That's a good group. But this, I want to call, this is calling Tom Brady's career being over is like so many people who wanted to, wanted to tweet out when Joe Paterno had passed away. Like Joe Paterno was on his deathbed. He was going to die. Please allow the family to announce when he has passed away. Or the even more creepier 2019 when somebody pa- announces that somebody's passed away on that person who's passed away's Twitter account. Have you guys seen this stuff? That I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all of your losses, but using a dead person's Twitter account to announce that dead person is in fact dead. That's a weird thing to me. 
So if you predicted Brady was done, take the L. You predicted Belichick had lost it and his ego had gotten under out of control and he was getting rid of all their good players, take the L. Hell, if you said Sean McVay was overrated, go ahead. Take the oh Sean McVay. I don't get the you know he just he he talks in circles. He's got a good team. He they lined up and kicked the Cowboys' ass. He went for it the right, at the right moments. They look like a really well coached team. He says and does the right things. They're incredibly organized and accountable. It doesn't mean they win this week in in New Orleans. But the, I don't understand the whole Sean McVay thing. What has he actually done? We told you last week. I, I told you on Friday. I went back through it. It'd been since 2003 that they had a winning season. Winning season. They won 11 and now 14 games in consecutive years. And he's been there for those two years. It's okay. Take the L. Right? Like, take the, this doesn't have to be, you don't have to be like those boxers in the 80s and early 90s that only fight tomato cans and only take W's. Anyone can predict. Anyone could have predicted, hey, the Cleveland Browns are going to be a dumpster fire when you watch Hard Knocks this year. You didn't, the odds weren't going to pay off that great. When you saw Hugh Jackson um, in that coach's office, and he and Todd Haley going at it and disagreeing. That, that's not a bold prediction. But look, if you called Brady and Belichick over, take the L. If you said McVay was overrated, don't get the whole McVay thing. Like, what's he done? Like, the Rams were awesome guys, and then they went out and signed him, but they did. Managing that, getting that organized, hiring the right people, making the right play calls, like, there's a difference between big-time coaching and average coaching. Just a... Just a difference. It's okay to take the L. Heck, Doug Peterson. A lot of people said, Michael Lombardi, who joins the show, he's taken the L before. He thought, man, he's never called plays, not especially impressive. He's done a great job. Great job. And had his team in position. Just like you can, you're, just like you're allowed to plant the L on all Sean Jeffrey, you're allowed to take the L. If you made some bold thought, bold choice at a bar with your buddies on Twitter, on social, on a radio show that you thought they were, they were done. They were dead. You know, Andrew Luck haters took an LL season. And if you're an Andrew Luck hater and you're like, see, told you he's so overrated. Like, oh, okay. Okay. He wasn't good. Philip Rivers wasn't great. Not going to dispute that. But when you have a career's work, you have chance to take W's after L's like you took this weekend. TJ Hushmanzada joins the show upcoming next. Can the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes keep it going against the New England Patriots? That's upcoming next. But first, hey, kick it off 2019 by planning out which roles your business needs to hire for. That's really, really smart transitioning to the new year. And then, you know, Elsa smart starting the new year off by going to ziprecruitercom slash Doug. When you hi- to, to hire the right people, there are lots of job sites out there, but for me, the best one is ZipRecruiter because what it does differently than any other one is it finds qualified candidates for you, for me, for you. 
powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, experience, and in actively invites them to apply for your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S. And this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Doug is D-O-U-G. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. T.J. Ushmanzada will join us momentarily. Former Pro Bowl Pro Bowler at uh, wide receiver. You know, it, it's always interesting to me how how uh, <laughs> we we oftentimes I, I, smart people sometimes get get caught up in not knowing how to uh, view a sport like football. You know, we we freaked out. Many of us, many people freaked out over the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. And while the defense, I'm not going to convince you is good. It's put at a statistical disadvantage because the offense is so good. If your offense is that good, your defense is going to have to play a lot of snaps. If your offense scores and scores quickly on deep throws and explosive plays to Tyreek Hill, guess what happens? Your defense is going to be on the field quite quickly. And so what do we do? We do this thing where we're like, oh, let's go with total defense. Total defense. Kansas City is 31st in total defense. 31st. 31st in total defense, which means they must stink. But total defense is how many yards you've allowed. Like, really? Even if you go points per game, the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, they're 24th in points per game, but when you're on the field for more snaps, you're going to give up more points. Right? Like, look, how I've been told NFL people look at it is, you know what you got to do? You got to look at uh, giveaway, takeaway. And they are sixth in the league, sixth in the league in giveaway, takeaway. They have a plus nine differential behind only Seattle, Houston, Chicago, the Rams, New England. Those are the two that are in front of them, Rams and New England. And then New Orleans is right behind them. I, that That's actually how you look at defense is – a couple of key phases. Giveaway, takeaway. How do you do in the red zone? How do you do on third down? But unfortunately, we're just kind of, um, you know, we're kind of caught in old eras. Now, that doesn't mean that Kansas City's great on third down. They're 20th in the league in third down conversion percentage. On the other hand, remember, they're on the field. There are more third downs when you're playing more snaps. Um, and when you're playing more snaps, that that uh, let's you're going to give up more third downs. You're going to be on the field longer. I'm not going to excuse it, but it doesn't mean that they're bottom five in the league. 
right? What do you do third down? And what do you do red zone defense? And what do you, and, and your giveaway takeaway. You do those things, and now all of a sudden we're talking a completely different language in terms of uh, in terms of how good your football team is. And oftentimes we we sit here and we're like amazed. We're amazed the Kansas City Chiefs that they got some stops. Some of it is weather. Some of it is playing a dome team. Some of it is the fact that Indy did not have a ton of talent and they beat up on the bottom teams in the league for the most part. Some of it was Kansas City had a good scheme. They were rested. They were the healthiest they had been in a long time and they played really well. And some of it is they're not as bad as you would think because you're looking at a dated, dated way of looking at statistics. That's it. You're looking at a dated way of looking at statistics and because of it, and by the way, offensively, um, Kansas City is number one, number one in the NFL in scoring in the red zone. So what you do red zone uh, offense, what you do red zone defense, your giveaway takeaway, like these things are, uh, are a lot, uh, you know, those are the actual determinants as to how good you are. And I think some of it was we sort of freaked out. Right? That, that's what the Patriots will tell you all the time. Patriots tell you all the time. They'll just sit there and go, yeah, you know, don't look at gross stats. People did it last year. You look at their actual stats this year, they're about mm, 8 through 10 on every category defensively. Every category defensively. And you're like, man, they don't have a great pass rush. So What? The categories that matter, giveaway, takeaway, what do you do third down and what do you do in the red zone? They're between eight and 10 in, in, all, in all three of those. That's how NFL people look at it. They don't look at how many, how many yards you give up. And, and even though points given up do matter, it matters also more. And this is more like a big, tw- like, we, can we agree that Kansas City's offense is prolific, like a big 12 style offense and big 12 coaches will tell you like, look, it, it's not really as much about how many points you give up. It's about how many points you give up per, per drive, per touch. than it is about how many points you give up. Cause if you have more possessions, you're going to give up more points and your team's on the field longer. So I thought they were, I thought they were really good but it wasn't as big a surprise as some would lead you to believe. And, and, and here's the other thing we're doing with the Colts is there's a reason that when Frank Reich, do you guys remember when Frank Reich went for it against the Houston Texans early in the season, fourth game of the season. And I pointed out at the time it was a mistake. They're on their own 43 yard line. And instead of punting and the game would have been ended in a tie, they chose to go for it. They didn't get it. The Texans get the ball back. I think they completed one pass. They kick a field goal, win the game, and that propelled the Texans essentially on their run when they won, I think, nine consecutive games to end the playoffs. And though I thought it was a bad decision at the time, every football guy came out and said, hey, look, Frank Reich's team's not going to the playoffs this year. They're trying to rebuild something, build the culture. That's what this is about. And that should be your takeaway from why the Colts were so badly outmanned because they were like the Colts have a ton of cap space, a ton of draft picks. 
that offensive line was just rebooted. This is Andrew Luck's first season back and win comeback player of the year. Although, in all honesty, I-, I could make the argument Adrian Peterson of the Washington Redskins should win comeback player of the year. But re- whatever. Andrew Luck's going to win comeback player of the year. They weren't expected to go this far. So let's not overvalue what Kansas City, who was was a playoff team last year and went with a prolific passer instead of Alex Smith and did have a week off and did play at home and did play outdoors that they're used to as opposed to the Indianapolis Colts and did take advantage and did thump them. Let's not go crazy about the Colts. It simply exposed the Colts as they are kind of who we thought they were. And the Chiefs didn't let them off the hook. Let's get to Dan Beyer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Got TJ Hushmanzada up coming shortly. What do you got, Dan? Kyler Murray is entering his name into the NFL draft. The Oklahoma quarterback who won the Heisman Trophy and is also a first-round pick of the Oakland Days made the announcement on his Twitter page. Now, any college football prospect that wants to leave school early has until tonight to declare. So Murray's move more procedural than anything. Ken Rosenthal of the MLB on Fox and the Athletic says that the A's expected this decision. In fact, there were reports of that a few days ago. But they really want to know by mid-February if Murray is going to play baseball or football because that's when the A's will begin spring training. A bunch of coaching news in the National Football League. First, Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett had this to say on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas today. We don't anticipate any significant changes uh, on our staff. Obviously, we're still evaluating everything on our football team. You know, we're going to keep kind of, you know, trying to grow uh, as a staff and as a football team, and we'll evaluate what we did and, and just keep trying to get better. So it seems Scott Linehan's job is safe for now. Nine News in Denver is reporting Mike Munchak is leaving the Steelers as their offensive line coach for the same position with the Denver Broncos. Former Bucks OC Todd Monken joining Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. Kitchens introduced today as the Browns head coach. Monken will be the OC there. While former Texans and Broncos head coach Gary Kubiak is going to interview for the Jaguars offensive coordinating position. In the NBA, Clint Capella for the Rockets out four to six weeks with an injured right thumb, according to ESPN. The Montreal Canadiens take on the Boston Bruins at 7 o'clock Eastern time in tonight's Discover Card Key matchup. Get your free credit score card today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Duke remained the number one team in the country this week's AP Top 25 College Hoops poll with the top 10 staying the same as a week ago. We'll be back to the Doug Gottlieb Show in 10 seconds, but first, a word from Farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now back to Doug Gottlieb and the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thanks, Dan. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on. Let's get to TJ Hushmanzada. He joins us from a pro bowler in the National Football League. Uh, you see him on Fox Sports covering covering the league as well as other sports. Hush, let's uh, let's let's work backwards. Um, all Sean Jeffrey, I saw a stat he only had two drops all season. But like, look, this is like, this is the thing about sports. We can sit here as fans and go like, well, it's not all his fault, but the ball hit him in his hands and they would have been in position to score. I think he's a big enough boy to accept the fact that he let his team down. Of course he did. And you know what's crazy, Doug? I was in a position that Hal Sean Jeffrey was in at one point in time in the playoffs. Um, I believe it was the division around. I don't know if it was a championship game I, when I was with the Ravens and he dropped two balls all year. That was the third drop. I was known 
for catching the ball and having great hands. It happens. And it sucks that it happens at that time. And he's mad enough to say, yeah, I cost the team that game. The people, Oh, the game never comes down to one play. When it's a big play like that, it does. And I was in the same situation. It hurts like hell. You don't understand, like, how did this happen? Like, this is not something that I do. He manned up, and it is what it is. Did he try to drop the ball? No. Did it cost his team the game? Quite possibly. And I'm one that could speak on that because I was in a similar situation um, playing in the NFL, in the playoffs, in a big game, and it happened to me. You, you know what's interesting? The Ravens were at the end of your career. Uh, this is in the very much in the middle of his. And I do wonder, as a guy who's been so sure-handed and is unbelievable at high-pointing a football, like the only thing I could think of is, man, I hope he doesn't go the way of Nick Anderson, right? For, and for people who don't remember, like Nick Anderson was an all-star caliber <laughs> player with, with, the, with the Orlando Magic. They had yeah. Shaq, they had Penny, they had Dennis Scott, and they were about to beat the Houston Rockets in game one of the NBA Finals, and he missed four consecutive free throws. And I'm telling you, he was never the same. Now, look, it was four free throws. It wasn't four drops. It was just one drop. But how do you, but this is, that's a, literally the last play of their season, right? The last play of their season. How do you go back to being you? How do you, when you football is so much different than basketball no, is such a, a great volume. Of, though, Doug, the competitor, like for me is what you said. Like, I wish I could have gotten back in a similar situation because I know for a fact the results would have been different. I'm a competitor. He's a competitor. As long as you're able to own up to it and say, that's on me, that's going to drive him. That's going to motivate him in his workouts in the offseason. It's going to bother him for the next two to three weeks, maybe a month, because it did for me. And then you're going to work out with so much vengeance and so much fire because of that situation. And like you said, he's in the middle of his career. I would almost guarantee it won't be a problem for him moving forward. Not at all, because it's going to motivate him and it's going to push him um, in his workouts uh, during offseason. DJ Spins out our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How did you How did you think Nick Foles played? I actually thought Nick Foles, he played pretty good. It was up and down. Started off, obviously, very well. Kind of cooled off and then turned it on towards the end. Um I, I thought he played pretty well. I, I actually thought he played well. It's hard to play in a Superdome in New Orleans. It's extremely loud. For anybody that's played there, it's loud. You really can't communicate. Um, I, I thought he played well. I've seen him play better, but considering the circumstances of the defense he was going to, um, I, I thought he played well. TJ Spanzada joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, let's get to the other game yesterday. Um, I thought it was, it was an absolute masterpiece in game planning, <laughs> execution um in taking advantage of 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 personnel and like look people people underrate gronk as a blocker uh but you know there's always going to be people go like look that's just the chargers laying an egg what did you see when you saw the patriots kick the chargers ass yesterday oh my god and i was one that didn't think the patriots would win a playoff game because i figured they would end up playing the ravens or the chargers i was I'm like everybody else. I was shocked not because of the way they – that's what Brady does. Brady's been that way his whole career. That seam route he threw to Edelman when Edelman ran like a shake route out and up in the slot, that was a perfect throw. What I was more so disappointed in was 
to affect and beat the Patriots, you have to affect Tom Brady. You have to put pressure on them. You have to man up their receivers. If you if you play zone like the Chargers did and you don't pressure Tom Brady, that's what he wants. And so I was shocked. The first drive, they just went down the field. Bow, 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 touchdown. Next drive, they went down the field. Bow, 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 touchdown. If I'm Gus Bradley, okay, what I came in to do is not working. I'm going to change. He did not do that. That's the only thing that baffles me. I mean, you let James White catch 15 balls. You let Julian Edelman kill you. That, those were the two players that Brady was comfortable. Sonny Michelle killed him in the run game. I was just surprised that the Chargers didn't make an adjustment and say, we're going to manage receivers up, we're going to pressure Brady, we're going to make him get rid of the ball, our corners are going to have to uh, man up because they know the ball is coming out quick. But Brady, dude, he was surgical. He was, he was a straight assassin just up and down the field all day. What, 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 what was the benefit of playing so much zone? Like, Are they a zone team? Is that what Gus Bradley does? Like, Why, why wouldn't they play more man-to-man? You play zone, you get your, everybody has their eyes on the quarterback, um, you can break on the ball quicker, but you have to disrupt the Patriots' rhythm, disrupt the timing, make Tom Brady hold the ball, because when you play man-to-man, the ti- all timing is thrown off because you have somebody in your face. The Chargers have good enough secondary to do that, and for whatever reason, I don't know what the game plan was coming in. Obviously, it was the play zone. Um why they didn't change, I don't know. Somebody should ask Gus Bradley that question. But Tom Brady was as good as he's been all year. Very, very, very precise. And uh, James White, Julian Edelman, and Sonny Michelle running the ball, I mean, they were the difference, obviously. Yeah, I mean, James White actually only caught the ball. Didn't actually run the ball, but he ran it when after he caught it. And Sonny Michelle was... 15 catches? That's uh, 15. I think Brady had 34 completions. Two-thirds of his completions... <laughs> Or to James White and Julian Edelman. Come on, man. This is the NFL. You really just let them do that? This is the NFL. I, I don't I like is it's the it's the make him play left handed. They made you play left handed. Why didn't you make them like this is the old basketball analogy. Make somebody else score. Right? You run a triangle in basketball, you run a triangle too. Why? You got three dudes that can't score, make them like they, they didn't they didn't make anybody else make a play. Dorset made a couple of plays, but you're you're right. It was I mean, it was absolutely surgical, and it was annihilation. I don't think the final score really indicative of just how bad a beating that was. Um, Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. T.J. Hushman's out of former Pro Bowler is our guest. Let's get to the Saturday games. Uh, wasn't stunned that the Colts got whooped by the Chiefs. You know, I pointed out Colts don't have great personnel. This is a little bit ahead of the curve. Playing outdoors against a really good Kansas City team with a very good defensive line. I was surprised, though, at how bad their offense was. Was it game plan? Was it execution? What so, went so wrong for the Colts? Number one, when, you, when you're playing in Kansas City, that, in my opinion, Baltimore, Kansas City, Seattle, those New Orleans, those stadiums are hard to play in because they're extremely loud. The, pa- the fans are very uh, passionate. But you, you look at it, Andy Reid coming off a bye, very successful, rarely loses. Um, they, Kansas City, they were rested. Andrew Luck plays in a dome. You, you go out like early in the game, him throwing the ball, I was watching, and I was like, dude, Andrew Luck's not throwing the ball that good. And that was just me watching the game. Kansas City came out, and they did what you expect the Andy Reid coach team to do. Andy Reid is one of the better play callers in the league. He's been that way for, what, the last 15, 20 years? 
that has never changed. He's evolved um, his uh, playbook, and the Chiefs they they looked really good. Yeah, the the Colts they they didn't play well. Um, offensive line that has been a strength looked like it was a weakness, but but Andrew Luck he didn't he didn't play well either. Uh, how much blame do you put at the feet of the play calling? How much you put at the feet of Dak Prescott? That 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 box was jammed with bodies to stop the run, and it didn't feel like Dak could make him play. Who gets the blame for the Cowboys' lack of offense? So for me, and I, I started to text you during the game. I didn't understand if you, if you go back to that game, Wade Phillips made it clear you're not running the ball early. I text somebody that works at Fox, and I said, what are the Cowboys doing? All they have to do is throw the ball. They're playing zone coverage 12 yards off. They're giving you hitches, stop routes all day. They're giving it to you. They would not throw the ball. I didn't understand it. Put the game in um, Dak's hands because they're giving you easy completions. It's not like they're making you run comebacks that are seven-step drop type protecting passes. They were giving you zone, they're playing zone defense, but they had guys in the box to stop the run, so they didn't really have a lot of underneath defenders. And so if you ask me, what was it? It was play calling, in my opinion. They, the game could have been a lot closer. The Rams had the ball forever, time of possession. Two guys run for over 100 yards, and it was a one-possession game. And Dallas, had they gone away from Ezekiel Elliott a little sooner and said, you know, we're just going to throw the ball, it would have been a little more competitive. Um, don't believe they could have won, but yeah, to me that that's coaching in the in the play calling. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I I, um, I I think it's interesting that the Rams, on the other hand, uh, took the ball out of their young quarterback's hands and just decided to mash uh, mash the Cowboys. Was it was it something that the Cowboys weren't doing, or was it the fact that the Cowboys are built more for speed and co- and be coverage, especially with their linebackers, than it is to have power? The Cowboys it. The way the Rams manhandled that defensive line in front seven, it was a shocker because the Cowboys had been so stout defensively, and the Rams just came out and said, you know what, we're going to punch you in the mouth, we're going to run the ball. Um, we're in with a two-headed monster in C.J. Anderson and Ty Gurley, which was unexpected for C.J. Anderson. And it, it, was, it was a little different. You know, the, the Cowboys want to get Sean Lee in the game, so, you know, um, Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, they in and out of the game. They're in and out of the lineup, and so they can't really get in the rhythm. I thought that was something that they shouldn't have done. But we haven't seen the Cowboys handled like that up front defensively. I hadn't seen it all year. Um, this game between the Rams and the Saints is going to be very interesting. Tell me why. They're going to the Superdome. It's going to be extremely loud, like I said earlier. Um, earlier in the year was a shootout. But now the Saints lose Sheldon Rankins. That's a big loss up front. Yep. You know, they're not it's not a big deal. People don't know his name. That's a big loss for the Saints on that defensive line. And, and so are they going to be able to one, stop the run, affect the Rams up the middle with a pass rush that, that's gonna be interesting with him out. It is made the Rams look at it and say, hmm we have a little more of a chance to win this game either way by run or pass because of him not being in the game. What about uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots? Patriots are used to playing in bad weather. They're not used to playing necessarily on the road in the AFC Championship game. 
And then you have the explosiveness and speed of the Kansas City Chiefs against the defense, which is really good against the run, but not as good against the passer, pressuring the passer. Who do you like in that game? Well, the Chiefs defensively, you know, their defensive line with D. Ford, Justin Houston, and Chris Jones obviously looked very formidable. Formidable. Um, but I'm, I'm not backing away from this, Doug, at all. I didn't think the Patriots would win the playoff game. I'm damn sure not picking them to win this game. And so I'm going with the Chiefs just because of that. I said the Patriots would win the playoff game. I'm not going to turn around and pick them. I'm picking the Chiefs. All right, good stuff. TJ Hushmanzada, you'll hear him on the Doug Gottlieb Show and, of course, see him on Fox Sports covering the NFL. TJ, great stuff, dude. Thanks for joining us. Doug, thank you, my man. Enjoy this rainy weather we have out here. Oh, man. It's, it, 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 feels, it feels like we're in a different climate. If you're just joining us, and we broadcast out of Southern California. Normally, I brag about the weather, but we've had, we had rain over the weekend leading up to that Rams game. Uh, didn't affect the field that much. If they were playing this week, I guarantee that field would be a mess. It is pouring today. It's supposed to rain all week. I don't, don't feel bad for us. We don't have the snow and the wind and the sleet other places have. Is Dak Prescott as talented as Drew Brees? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Every day at this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we like to play for you a previous show on Fox Sports Radio and Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now. Our show is preceded by The Herd with Colin Cowherd. He had Hall of Famer and Fox broadcaster Terry Bradshaw on this morning talking about Dak Prescott and how he compares to Tom Brady and Drew Brees. His arm is every bit as good as Brady's. His arm's every bit as good as Brees's. I did notice the other night uh, he the balls to the sideline, then have the zip that I was, was hoping that he would have on yeah. him, but they were beautifully thrown balls. But he has a very adequate, above-average arm, I would say. He doesn't have – whose arm doesn't he have? Mahomes is probably right. the only one in the playoffs that he can't lock up so with. You- yeah, look. All right, so let's kind of go – you want to go through the Dak Prescott thing. Does he have an elite arm? No. Is he an elite athlete? No. Is he a, does he have a bad arm? No. Is he, he's got an average to above-average arm. He's an average to above-average athlete. He's not a dope in terms of reading coverage. He reads coverage. Is he a savant? No. Um, How accurate is he? He's average in terms of his accuracy, right? It's always been when he kind of reloads to his second and third, second and third um, uh, throw, I mean, second and third option or whatever, that, that that's when he starts to. So if you factor in all of these things, like, look, I've never told you that he stinks. I've never told you that he stinks. On the other hand, I will tell you that he's not elite. There's nothing elite. Is he a, is he a good leader? Yeah. Is he the greatest leader ever? No. He's good. The Cowboys have a good quarterback. And oftentimes in life, we make this mistake in that 
we search for great when good will do. You know, people do this all the time with relationships. They're looking for the perfect relationship. And like, look, you have a good relationship. It's not always going to be, it's not always going to be dot your eyes with hearts. You're not going to make out every time you see each other, but a good, healthy relationship where occasionally you don't get along and then you make up like that, that's sometimes healthier than trying to find the perfect thing because perfection doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. And searching for something. So I don't think they're going to jettison him, but it's, can you convince Dak Prescott that, yeah, we underpaid you for the last couple of years and we'll slightly overpay you for your performance, but we're not going to pay you at the elite level because one, that destroys our ability to put great pieces around you. And two, we just don't think you're that good. How do you message that? So I think that's the, the appropriate way, appropriate way to look at, at Dak Prescott. He's, he's good. He's fine. Go back and click on my, my Sabaro reference. I've never said Sabaro pizza is bad, but when you're landing in a city and you text your buddy, Hey man, I'm landing in New York. Where should I go? You know, you should hit up. Sabaro is amazing. On the other hand, you don't get sick from Sabaro. You're not going to get disappointed. Sabaro is fine. And probably like Sabaro, it's slightly more costly than it should be based upon how good it actually is. That's what the Fox says. Ian Rappaport reporting Kyler Murray will now get feedback from NFL scouts regarding his draft position. Many stocks, uh, scouts estimate he'll be a second or third round pick. He has millions from baseball waiting on him. Big decisions to loom. He went on. The majority of evaluators I've asked see Murray... Excuse me, that's Albert, Albert Breer says, the majority of evaluators I've asked see Murray as a Friday pick, second or third round. thing about it is, though, quarterbacks routinely get moved up on the board. That's why over the last four years, there have been 13 first-round quarterbacks and just two second-round quarterbacks. He's tiny. He runs around a lot. He had one incredible year in an offense when most dudes have had incredible years playing in. He will be probably taken at the end of the first round and overvalued. And I would guess he'll stick with football because baseball is not nearly the, 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 the sure lock cinch that many people think it is. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive in on the saints. Obviously big loss with Sheldon Rankins getting hurt. That's devastating. But Cam Jordan, man, he's been there stalwart and great spokesperson. Get his thoughts on uh, what it was like on that last defensive drive when Alshon Jeffrey just had the ball go through his hands and they get an interception and uh, how they get it cranked back up for another matchup with the Rams, a team that dominated the Cowboys. So Cam Jordan will join us upcoming next and we'll ask him the difference between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. He knows, he knows the answer. All that's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So much to get to. I mean, it's absolutely nuts how many other things are going on in sports that <laughs> have taken an absolute backseat to the NFL, right? Like Celtics kind of a mess right now. Lakers kind of a mess right now. Different kinds of messes, but a mess nonetheless. Tony Parker going back to San Antonio with the uh, Charlotte Hornets, although he was washed up, really. Um, not the same type of homecoming you'd expect when Kawhi Leonard, who wanted out, uh, came back. But still interesting. Got college hoops, got college football, and got Kyler Murray, who's declared for the NFL draft. 
Doesn't affect him immediately, but is at least interesting and something to keep an eye on. Man, do we got a lot to get to. Met- it feels like a metric ton to get to. We'll do so with Cam Jordan, who's going to join us upcoming of the New Orleans Saints. The Doug Gottlieb Show is proudly brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. You know, there's something to these guys that when you get them, you know, when you get them to the, the playoffs, they find a way to get it done sacrifice their ego just enough make just enough plays is it fair that the to point out the patriots defense was as was as good as and dominant as the patriots offense yep yep they they blew that chargers offensive line off the football just won the game but let's also point out tom brady was 34 of 44 and yeah, 15 times he hit his running back for, you know, and he was helped out by Sony Michelle, 24 carries, 129 yards. But some of it is that Tom Brady, you give him time and he's going to deliver. Drew Brees, 28 for 38, did throw a pick, 301 yards. Was their offense great? Not really. You know, they get down 14 nothing though, and they go on a 12 plus. This is a big one. They get down 14 nothing, and they go on a 12 play, 79 yard drive. 12 play, 79 yard drive. So, you know, I, I, that's, that's Drew Brees. Give him a good enough defense, and he can get you over the top. But we, we do this thing where we we make guys out to be winners and losers at quarterback when their team wins or loses. Like I didn't like the game plan from the Cowboys considering the defense that the Rams were playing. And I didn't think Dak was great and he's in, he's inaccurate at times. Like he throws the ball to where if it was even balls that are caught sometimes, they're caught in rhythm and on time, you'd have much more yak. But I won't lump the loss all on Dak. So I won't consider him a loser because his team lost. But the same goes for last week. I don't consider him a winner just because his team won. Like, I'm actually fair that way. You know? You can't determine a guy as a winner or a loser based upon one game. Nick Foles' team lost. Now, the ball went through Alshon Jeffrey's hands. But just like we can't give him... Nick Foles a ton of blame for the loss when he did leave what would have been what what could have been a game-winning touchdown drive. The same thing is true for last year when they beat the Falcons and Julio Jones fell down and then failed to catch a ball in the end zone where the Falcons could have beaten the Eagles. Like You just can't make these grand defining statements of a quarterback because of one play or one game. I mean, I guess you can. People made a career out of it, but that doesn't make it accurate. Saints win the game. Whatever they do to survive, they do, and they get the Rams again at home. A rematch of a game played earlier this year and a rematch of two hyper-talented offenses and probably underrated defenses. Cam Jordan joins us from the New Orleans Saints on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What was that place like yesterday? Are we, are we going to address this uh, survive mode? 
I, I feel like surviving means that it was a close game the whole game. There was there was an upside that we had to uh, overcome in the first quarter. We were down 14 points. But then there was a pure, you know, some would say dominating in, end of 45 minutes where, a team, you know, one team scored 20 points and the other team only scored the 14 from the first quarter. But I understand what you're saying. I, I do know that within that dome we have – huge emotions coming from the crowd and the players. So about the all three phases of the game coming together and, and making big plays when they needed it. Um, it was, it was a hell of a ride. All right. So wait, wait, so we, we can get, we can go to the survival. mode. I mean, they did, you know, they, they get the ball at uh, what their own 42. So it's a, you know, great field position and it's second and 10 at your 27-yard line. Like, again, people people make it out that if Alshon catches the ball, you lose the game. That's not the case. It's a first down. At all. Right? right. It would be a first down, and we'd have to continue with, you know, what was what was, what was left on the clock? Uh, 152? 152, and they still would probably have, what, 40-something yards to go? I mean, you know, we, we no, definitely... No, 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 it, was, it would have been at, like, the 21, 22-yard line. We had 20 yards like to go. It. Right. So then let's just let's just you know play this out. Let's say that you know they they actually scored and then they went for the extra point. So said extra point and that extra point doesn't get blocked. That means that they're up by a point and then you give the ball back to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. I'm going to put money on us. I'll, listen, all of that is fair. It was it it, it it was a close game, like right, like they hopped out fourteen nothing. You guys woke up, and and the defense. What was amazing, was interesting about the defense is Sheldon goes down, and I want to ask you about how that changed you guys going forward. But that's a that's a really big loss considering how good he's been this year. But it it did seem to galvanize you. What did you guys do differently? What changed defensively that they were really unable to do much uh, after getting up fourteen nothing? No doubt, they had two huge plays that ended up, you know, with you know, one where they led it to a touchdown, the other put them on the two yard line or whatever. Um, and then you sort of just have to look at your defense and say, hey, this is the standard that we've set this entire year. We're not living up to our standard. Um, as a collective, you know, you see you see us huddled after the first quarter, like this. We got to create a turnover. We got to create another opportunity for our our team to have the ball. We have to get the ball back to our offense. Then seemingly, you know, you have the, you know, the interception and the special teams first down. And, um, you know, we go into halftime 10-14 and we're, you, you couldn't have told us that it wasn't 30-14. We were looking at it like we've, we've broken down the door. We've t- withstood their best punch and it's our time to take over. Um, and we honestly never looked back after the first quarter. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Trader. That, that's Cam Jordan. What do you remember about the, uh, the last time you faced the Rams? Uh, not much. Too too many too many games in between. I do know that you know um, they have a whole bunch of names. They have you know Jared Goff, uh, Todd Gurley, C.J. Anderson, Brandon Cooks. Um, you talk about the tackles that have been playing well in Havistein and uh, Big Wit. You talk about Saffold um, on defense. They got Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, and Dominican Sue, Mike Brockers, led by you know one of the uh, greatest interior linemen of the year and, and probably the greatest interior lineman of the year, um, Aaron Donald. So, I mean, they've got tons of talent. They've got tons of tons of names. But at the end of the day, we, they just have to become nameless, faceless for us. You doing the Sean McVay thing where you're doing, like, instant recall on their entire lineups just to impress us? We know you're smart. Like, we 
I'm messy. I'm messy. Cam Jordan joining us on, on, on the Doug Gottlieb show. All right. So um, what's, what's the, what's the challenge like to, that was, an, there's a lot of emotion in that game and you don't have Sheldon. How does that change you? Cause he, I like everyone who's, I know in football has pointed out he's been awesome this year and obviously not going to play. How does that, how does that change how you guys play? I mean, um, you know, I feel that with our depth, with, you know, uh, Sheldon going down, you have David on your mind, you've got Tyler Davidson, you've got Taylor Stallworth, who, who played really well last night. Um, I don't think you can replace Sheldon Rankin. Honestly, I mean, the way he was playing this year, uh, it's, it's hard-pressed to even try to replace him. But in the day, you know, we have a next-man-up mentality, um, and Sheldon knows just as, as well as anybody that, you know, we set such a high standard for our defense we have to come in with that same intensity, that same enthusiasm of trying to uh, be the best defense we can be, even though we'll be missing his presence. What's that locker room like? I know we, we've seen on video the party in the locker room, <laughs> the, you know, clubbed up. Sean, and Sean, Sean Payton also, he brought in the cash this week. Like, you want it, you know, win, win three games. Like, what, what's that locker room like to actually experience it? Because, you know, looking at it on social media is one thing. What's it like to experience the, the, the winning locker room? Um, I mean, the last, let's call it last year and a half, uh, this locker room has been the most lively, the most energetic, uh, you know, the most celebratory group that I've ever been a part of. Um, and it only helps to bring us closer to each other. Uh, we talk about how well this defense has congealed, how well this team has become a one mind, one sound unit. Uh, you, you're only speaking the, the confidence that it exists in the locker room. Uh, the ability for us to be able to rely on all three phases of the game. So uh, the guys that we have in, know, the guys that we have in the locker room know what we have in the locker room. So it's always a great time. It's um, a I guess. What were those glasses you were wearing yesterday? You had the flip-up glasses, <clears throat> didn't you? You had those on those, like, was it Willie Mays Hayes? Where'd you, what were those an ode to? Dwayne Wayne. Oh, that's different right, Dwayne world. Wayne. It's a different yeah, world, man. right? Dwayne Wayne, it's yeah, a different yeah. world. And I've been, I've been rocking them all year. You know, uh, we took we we ended up losing that first game, and I, I was like, you know, something's got to change. I threw these glasses on, and we've been rocking them since. Um, and I, I'd say it's been boded well for me. Yeah, that's that's a good Dwayne Wade. I forgot a different world, right? For people who wouldn't forget, Dwayne Wade was a character. Different world was in between Cosby's show and Cheers. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and um, a good, I love that. A good kind of, kind of reference. Um, have you, have you allowed your mind to conceptualize you win this game, you're playing in the Super Bowl? Like, have you, you not, at all. Your- not at all. Try, I'm try, I tell myself, you know, never put the cart, cart before the horse. I tell the defense, you, like, you can't, you know, guys are trying to look beyond last game. You're like, yo, if we have to play the Cowboys again, what do it mean? If we have to play the Rams again, what do it mean? At the end of the day, well, the most important game is the next game. Um, and especially since it's single elimination, this is, this is dire for us. You know, we have to be the most uh, the most desperate team. We have to be the most savvy team, the most sound technique team on the field come Sunday. Well, listen, uh, can't wait to see you this Sunday. I know you got a lot of prep to do. Get that body ready and, and your mind right as well. Thanks so much for joining us. And maybe next time we speak, you'll be on your way to the Super Bowl. Appreciate you being our Ooh. guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's definitely the goal. Um, but appreciate you having me on and God bless. All right. That's uh, Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints rocking the Dwayne Wayne glasses. Now, Bayer, you said you don't. You're not a movie guy. Munchak is leaving. You're not a movie guy, but you're more of a 
you're more of a TV show guy, aren't you? So now when I say a different world, is that a little bit before your time? Is that not in your genre? Do you not know a different world in Dwayne Wade? It's a big question. Also, I, I thought, um, who else wore those glasses? Oh, I'm sorry. Dan's recording an update right now for Dan actually works for a living. I just talk into the radio. Music, do you know, if you, if, when he said Dwayne Wade, do you have any idea who he's talking about? Well, I honestly thought he was saying Dwayne Wade. No. Yeah. So that no. would tell you exactly how much I know about Dwayne Wayne. Uh, I, I also think, I think Wesley Snipes' character wore the, wore the flip-up glasses in White Man Can't Jump. I think he had them on, somebody wore them there as well. I'm going to say, I know Dwayne Wayne uh, is famous for him. They're like gold rim glasses with, uh, with the, it was his buddy. It was, it was whose buddy? Wesley Snipes buddy. Okay. There you go. So I do remember them in, in white men can't jump, but that is a, that is a classic reference there with little Dwayne Wayne. Super Bowl champion Trent Dilfer joins the show upcoming next. We're going to ask him about the Chiefs' defense. Wait, the Chiefs have a defense? The Chiefs do, in fact, have a defense. Or did Andrew Luck just suck? Plus, the Chargers just got walloped. Did he see that one coming? And then we're going to ask him about Dak Prescott. How much was play calling? How much was Dak? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great, great day. Every Monday, we're joined by a Super Bowl champion. His name is Trent Dilfer. He once, on the field of the Kansas City Chiefs, declared... The run for the New England Patriots was over. Don't worry, we've all, you know, CBS called an election over before it was over. Dilfer's not alone, although he did not do it this time around. Others have. Uh, Trent, were, were, were so many so wrong? Was it, did the, did the Chargers choke? Was it a matchup thing? What the hell happened yesterday in Foxborough? Well, it's very similar to when I said, said my idiotic statements. Um, I don't know what year that was, five, six, seven years ago in Kansas City about the Patriots being done, they looked weak. They got manhandled in Kansas City earlier in the season. They hadn't done a lot of things offensively that impressed. Tom Brady looked like he was on an island, yada, yada, yada. So if you go to this year, I could see why um, people jumped on the, you know, the, the run may be over. They looked vulnerable. They lost to four teams and didn't make the playoffs. That's never happened before. You saw Tom Brady make uncharacteristic mistakes throughout the course of the season. Uh, the defense got shredded at times. So, you know, you could see why people could could make those assumptions. Now, I learned from my <laughs> stupid comments years ago that they do a lot of things in the regular season to prepare for the off to prepare for the real season, which is the postseason to them. Um, they will 
um, do some things schematically. They will test out some personnel. They'll take some chances on some personnel. Um, they're not. They're still trying to win, but what they're really trying to do is make sure they're playing their best football in December and January. And through all of it this year, I kept saying, you're going to see more James White uh, when they get into playoff time. You're going to see them get the ball of their hand quicker, less deep play action plays, more ball of your hand plays. You're going to see him run on the edges. You're going to see Tom Brady controlling the run game a little bit more at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you'll see them change their tempo up a little bit more. Uh, and that's everything that happened yesterday. It, it was as surgical as performance as I've seen in a long time by Tom Brady, not just throwing the ball. He's also dictating terms of the line of scrimmage in the run game. And when you saw him double cadencing, when you saw him get to the line of scrimmage and wait and see what the defense was doing, he was finding the softest edge, and he was getting the ball to the runner on the edge, eating up those light defensive ends and getting up to those dime linebackers that the Chargers tried to play with. And it was just complete mastery of a game plan, and it was an offensive system that he prefers more than the one they experimented with in the regular season where it was kind of a heavy inside run, run action game plan. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, but now that the Kansas City has seen what they're going to do in the postseason, doesn't that put on tape who the Patriots really are and make this week even more difficult? Yeah, but the Patriots can be more, too. You know, that's, that's the thing about them. They, they can, yes, I think that will be the foundation of their offense, and Kansas City now sees that, and they're going to have an answer for, for James White coming out of the backfield on the quick-hitting stuff, and they're going to have an answer for Edelman uh, eating up the middle of the field, and they'll be aware of some of that stuff. But what you haven't seen is a heavy dose of Gronk recently either, and he definitely looked fresher uh, in the game, yes, uh, in the game uh, yesterday. And, and it was mainly as a blocker, but that doesn't mean he can't do it as a receiver. Um, they have other weapons. They know how to expose where you're weak. Uh, and let's not forget, although Kansas City's looked a lot better since the Chargers game in Week 15 defensively, so Week 16, 17, and 18, I know people are going to say, well, the Seahawks put 38 up on them but you saw signs of the physicality in their defense. Um, they're still a, a statistically poor defense and has they do have a lot of holes, and I think New England will be able to expose those holes. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What went so wrong for the Colts and Andrew Luck? I, am I crazy, or did they just look cold and slow? Yep. Was that, okay, good. I'm glad somebody else has a good eye. I mean, I, I was telling my wife and my daughter, I'm like, I never really buy into the cold stuff, but they look cold. They looked tentative and didn't want contact, and they weren't moving fast. Um, I think the easy way to say it is this dome team that went and played in bad conditions. Um, it's not uncommon. I think they, they kind of, I don't know, they weren't prepared mentally for it as much as anything. Um, it, it did not look like the Colts team of the last six or seven weeks from a confidence standpoint, from a speed standpoint, or from a physicality standpoint. Trent Dilver joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, there were people last week because of all the hires saying, you know, all these Sean McVay guys are, you know, this, you know it's too much. And I tried to explain to people, McVay's more than a play caller. There's a, there's a lot more he does than just work with Jared Goff. On the other hand, like there was a certain virtuoso to what they were able to do. How were they able to so manhandle the Cowboys, especially those Cowboys linebackers? Well, I think it's really what they want to be. Let's not forget Sean McVay's deepest roots are with the Shanahan's. And Mike Shanahan, even more than Kyle, 
um, loved running the football and play actioning. Actually spent very little time on the drop back pass game. Uh, it was about run and run action. Uh, Kyle, who's one of the great young offensive minds in all of football, is the same way. Uh, he's a run, run action guy. Um, and I think Sean's roots are that, that he wants to run the football. Uh, he wants to run down people's throats, and then he wants to strike with the big play with the passing game. I think there was probably a period of time in there where he got a little pass happy. I wouldn't disagree with that, but Jared Goff was also playing great. Um, and you want to be able to show, you want to be able to put on tape a lot of dimensions. Uh, so it's hard to prepare against you. I think he got back to his roots as much as anything. Uh, I think the bye week really helped them. Uh, I think it helped the coaching staff. I saw the article written this morning where some of their players on offense said they found some cues by the Cowboys defensive linemen, guessing which stunts they were going to be in and kind of predicting what they were going to be doing defensively. Uh, that's a huge advantage that usually comes with a, even a deeper dive into the film where the bye week can help you with that. Um, but I think this is who they want to be um, at their core. I think they want to be a team that controls the tempo of the game by running the ball, force you into bringing extra, recruiting extra people to line of scrimmage, and then create one-on-ones in the back end. Uh, what, about the, what about the Cowboys? Did they, not, did they not throw it as much as they should have because that's not who they are? Is it because they don't trust Dak? Or is it because their play calling was awful? Well, I mean, I, I, I didn't like the play calling. I'm not, a, I'm not an anti-Scott Linehan guy by any stretch of the imagination. But it was almost like they looked at the stat sheet and said, okay, they're bad against the run, so we're just going to be stubborn with the run. And you can't do it that way. A lot, a lot of the great running teams, um, when teams know they want to run the ball, will actually come out and show you other stuff, get you out of their, your comfort zone and make you think that you're going to have to defend a bunch of other stuff today and then run it down your throat. Uh, I personally thought that was a game they should have come out and been a little more aggressive in the passing game. And I don't mean throwing it down the field, just getting the ball creative ways to Cooper and, and Ezekiel out of the backfield. And Jarwin, the tight end, has been you know really good for them late in the season. I thought there were some matchups there. Uh, the other thing, too, and I, I think it was with you we talked about this weeks ago, uh, Wade Phillips, Achilles Hill on defense, has always been linebackers, tight ends matched up in the passing game. For as long as he's been a coordinator in this league, that's where the really good offensive minds have attacked him. I was shocked that there wasn't more um, Elliott out of the backfield, Jarwin matched up on backers, multi-tight multi end sets getting him matched up on backers. I was really surprised that was not the game plan. Uh, and I think they could have had a little momentum more momentum early on if they would have attacked that way. Okay, so uh, we'll get to what that means because that feels like a massive mismatch when you're taking on the Saints because they attack those linebackers with Alvin Kamara in, in the passing yeah. game. But let's get, to, let's get to the Saints. They're down 14 nothing. a couple big explosive plays from the Eagles. And then, and look, we just had Cam Jordan on. They shut down the Eagles without Sheldon Rankins, who's had an outstanding year for them. How are they able to, to, to shut down the Eagles? I think Colin said this morning, as you watched Colin's show this morning, I thought he said it perfectly. And when he asked me about it, I said, well, you gave the answer earlier in the show. I think the, the Saints, and you know it hurts me to give Colin that much credit, by the way, but um, I think the Saints are very different than what, their percept, what people perceive them to be. I think at their core, they are a tough, physical, defensive-minded, hard-nosed, uh, mentally resilient football team. 
that has the ability to have some flash and sizzle when needed. But we all remember early in the season when Drew Brees throwing 80% and they're lighting up the scoreboard, and yet teams are still getting organized on defense. What they've really done a nice job of is shortening the game, controlling it with the run game, sharing carries between Ingram and Kamara, and then throwing some Taysom Hill in at you, and then trusting Drew Brees to be Hall of Fame Drew Brees when that formula doesn't work. And I've always said this about Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It, there's, there's no doubt that the safest way to play football is by having a high volume of runs, play good defense, play good special teams. The problem with that formula a lot of times is you sequester your quarterback. You don't allow him to be as good as he could be. However, I've always felt like when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, why not trust him to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and get you out of jams if you're going to take a more conservative approach to pounding the, pounding the rock at people? And that's kind of what they did. They said, okay, we're going to shut them down on defense because we're tough on defense. You saw they played a lot of tight coverage. I mean, they really were all over the Eagles' wide receivers. Um, and then offensively, they just said, we're going to be patient. We know this is the way we play. Um, we're going to run the ball. We're going to be physical. And then we're going to trust Drew and, and Thomas to make some plays to get us out of jams. And, and they didn't disappoint. Um, how did, how did uh, uh, Foles play? They played okay. Um, you know, he made a couple really nice throws early. Um, but then after that, I thought he was kind of tentative with some balls. They had a lot of one-on-ones. Um, like I said, the Saints were really aggressive in their coverage schemes. And he had some one-on-ones and egregiously underthrew some of them. Now, I know they kind of want a softer ball, more of a 50-50 ball. That's part of their perimeter passing game. But I thought he pulled the, pulled the string a couple times, the term we use as quarterbacks, where you're not fully decisive on your throw. That he pulled the string on some throws. Um, I, you know, Nick is a guy, and I'm a Nick fan, but he's a guy that likes zones. He wants to throw the ball versus zones. He wants to get out of his hands, you know, throw it in between zone, def- zone defenders, layer it over zone defenders, throw it early in zones. He struggles in the tight man-to-man stuff, and I think they knew that. The Saints knew that, and that's what he got a large dose of those tight man-to-man um, coverage schemes as the game wore on, and he did not play great against them. Yeah, and then and then he still had a chance, and Alshon Alshon drops that that, that football. I mean, we've we look, we've seen this before. You know, we've seen this. I mean, it's and I guess he only had two two true drops this year, but he did drop a ball that would have given putting them right into the red zone. Um, Adiot, and it's really amazing how this happens, right? Like, I think we'd all agree Foles is just okay. They have 14 nothing lead, and they can't put any points on the board. And then because Alshon drops a ball that he 99 times in 100 catches and gets a first down, suddenly now it's Alshon Jeffrey lost the game, and it wasn't that Nick Foles wasn't really good enough to score enough points. It wasn't, all, it wasn't on Alshon Jeffrey. Now, again, it's a horrible mistake, one that he owns right after the game, as he should. But yeah, I think I'm with you on this one. I, I, I don't think Nick played. Nick did not play championship level football by any stretch of the imagination. When you put up 14 early, like you said, um, you, you at least got to move the ball consistently during the game and get some field goals, flip the field, you know, pin the Saints back, whatever. It's not always about putting 40 on the board. But yeah, I thought he, he did not play very well in some critical downs. And like I said, was pretty indecisive with some of his throws. That's the voice of Trent Dilfrey. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show. All right, let's let's fast forward here. Let's. Um, you mentioned the weakness to Wade Phillips' defense is 
they're linebackers in coverage traditionally. That seems to set up well for the Saints. The Saints have seen them. Um, on the other hand, like the Rams seem to regain some of their confidence, some of their swagger, especially on that offensive line. And if you give Jared Goff time, he's been really good. You know, on a Monday, games on a Sunday, who do you like? Well, I bet my buddy weeks ago the Rams. So I kind of got to stick with that. But what do I really think? I think it's a really tough matchup for the Rams for what we said about Wade Phillips. Now, he has evolved a little bit. He's playing some more zone. Peters has forced him to play a little more zone um, because Peters is not a get-up-in-your-face, man-to-man guy, never has been. Um, so Wade's had to adapt and play more zone. But when it's go time, in the biggest plays of the game, Wade always calls one of three defenses. He's been doing it forever. He's either going to rush five, play man, uh, with no help in the back end, just a whole safety He's going to walk out a linebacker and another one to the edge and blitz them and play man, or he's going to play a tight match zone. All three of those expose your safety and linebackers to running back and tight end mismatches. Um, and that's, again, this goes, you know, Wade was coaching when I played. This is 14 years of playing. This is nine years of being an analyst, watching it every single year. That it's a, He's a great coordinator, and it's a great system. But you go and you find the really good – offensive minds and it's clockwork they will always attack those coverages uh with running back and tight end matchups um so i i and sean payton knows this you know sean payton's forgot more football than oliver knows so he knows this as well so i, I look for these critical moments it's not going to be all game you know what i mean this isn't fantasy football where okay now Kamara's going to catch 15 balls and the tight end's going to catch nine that's not what i'm saying i'm saying in the downs where everybody knows okay this is a big down like it, this, this is one of these downs that's going to change the game. I can promise you what Wade's going to play, and I can promise you what Sean Payton is going to call. And those are going to be those are going to be the six to eight plays in the game that are going to decide, decide this the game. game. And I'd give the I'd give the advantage to the same. All right, everybody counted the. We've seen him lose on this field before, uh, but as you pointed out, like there's more to the Patriots than even they've shown. On the other hand. There is a lack of playmaker on that defensive side of the ball. No matter how good they are against the run, there's just a lack of a playmaker and sometimes an inability to put pressure on a good offensive line uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you like in what's going to be frigid Kansas City? It's going to be interesting. I'm pretty confident how Bill will, will call this game defensively, that they're, they're going to dare Kansas City to run the ball. They're, they're going to want Kansas City to run the ball over and over and over again and try to kick field goals. They're not going to try to stop them in the middle of the field. They're going to try to prevent Patrick Mahomes from going off and make these highlight real plays. Um, so I think Kansas City moves the ball rather easily throughout this game. It's going to come down to how they finish drives. And this is a guy that was one of the most prolific touchdown throwers in the history of our game. Uh, he's going to have to throw the ball across the goal line to beat the Patriots, which is the hardest job in football. Um, I just learned by being an idiot years ago not to bet against the Patriots this time of year. You, you just don't. They are intellectually superior to everybody they play. They teach the game of football better than anybody teaches it. I think it comes this time of year, and it's your football IQ, it's your technique, it's your toughness, it's your grit. It's those are the things that win more than playmaking. And I think that that's why the Patriots continue to win this time of the year, because that's what they emphasize. Yeah. They're not about flash and sizzle. They're about substance, and they do substance better than anybody's ever done it. And for that reason, I can't pick against them. I think they go up there, and I think it becomes a, a one-possession game at the end, and Tom Brady wins it. 
Awesome stuff. Trent Dilfer, Super Bowl champion. Follow him on Twitter at Dilfer's Dimes. He gives great analysis there as well as joining us on our and Colin show. Thanks so much for joining us, dude. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure is mine. Let's get you to Dan Byer. Quick update on what's going on in the world of sports. What do you got for us, DB? Yeah, and we'll have more on the press as well, but I want to let you know that there's, this news just came in from the NFL. Gary Kubiak has found work. There was reports that the former Broncos and Texans head coach and Broncos advisor was going to interview with the Jaguars position, but ESPN says Kubiak and this is now going to join the Minnesota Vikings as an offensive advisor. His son, Clint Kubiak, will be the Vikings quarterback's coach under offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. Of course, Stefanski moving up in that OC spot in the season as Mike Zimmer remains the Vikings head coach. Former Buccaneers OC Todd Monken took the same job with the Cleveland Browns. Mike Munchak leaving the Steelers. He's going to be the Broncos offensive line coach. Well, apparently Scott Linehan's going to stay with the Cowboys. Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett says he doesn't anticipate any significant changes to their staff. The big news of the day, Kyla Murray submitting his name for early entry into the NFL draft. Tonight was the deadline to do so. A's, though, don't need a decision from Murray until spring training. That's what Ken Rosenthal says. Then they want to know if he's going to play football or baseball. Some NBA news. Rocket center Clint Capella out four to six weeks with an injured right thumb. And Celtics guard Kyrie Irving is going to miss tonight's game against the Nets with a bruised quad. Also said that he is never going to criticize his teammates like he did publicly after their loss to the Magic on Saturday night, saying that they didn't know what it takes to have a championship team. Today saying that uh, he shouldn't have gone about it that way. Instead, should have thought of a different way to express his displeasure. We'll be back to the Doug Gottlieb Show in 10 seconds, but first, a word from Farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now back what? to... Doug Gottlieb, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, Doug. was it was it LeBron James the answer to that? That's what it takes that they don't know how to win a championship because they play with LeBron James. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It <laughs> helps. Kyrie. He helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyrie. I yeah. thought actually I didn't mind his comments. It was more of the the after like on the court when he was talking to Gordon Hayward as he didn't touch the ball in the last possession. Jason Tatum missed the shot. I know it kind of got lost in football on Saturday, but I I understood even what he's saying. I I know what he's saying. Like, look, they. There's 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 a there's a there's something missing there with this team, and he sees that it's missing, and he's trying to. But I, I also think that you don't have to say it in front of the media because they're going to decipher it completely different than the reality of it. Hey, what he's saying is like, hey, look, I know how hard it is to take that next step. I know that something's missing. We're trying to fix it as we go, and it's a process. But again, you don't have to say it. Just say it when you in in the yeah. privacy of your locker room. The Bears are not happy with Cody Parkey. Not just because he missed the game-winning field goal, but something else. We'll explain next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
Man, this Adam Gase video is just amazing, amazing, bizarre, and amazing. In the meantime, let's get to the press. The press. Dan Beyer, what do you have, my friend? Yeah, the big news, Kyler Murray did enter his name into the NFL draft. Should find out, I don't know, in the next couple of weeks, by mid-February, whether his decision will be to play football or baseball. Yeah, it should be a third rounder. Going to be evaluated, going to be judged as a second or third rounder. But because he's a quarterback and because Baker Mayfield had a good year, he'll probably be a first rounder, right? Which means he won't play baseball. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, his new head coach is Freddie Kitchens, who was introduced today. It drives me crazy that people are happy with 7-8-1. and one. It drives me literally crazy. You know, that's not acceptable. We understand it was an improvement, but under no circumstance is that ever going to be acceptable. Freddie Kitchens earlier today. Yeah, Pretty the, good message, you're, right? You, yes, you're supposed to uh, under-promise and over-deliver, not over-promise and under-deliver, though, right? Fair enough, sure. Like, hey, dude, they won one game the last two years. One game, okay? And I will grant you, you had the talent, and you are right there. You could have won nine or ten, but you won one game the last two years. I, that doesn't mean you should be happy, but you go like, hey, that's an improvement. Got to be reasonable about it. And I, I do think the more he coaches, the more he'll realize. He also wanted to wear a hoodie at his press conference. said, no, he got to wear a bronze hat, but there was no hoodie. It was a suit and tie today. Um, how about this? Hall of Famer Jerry Rice told 95-7 the game in San Francisco that Antonio Brown, well. He wants to come here really bad. He, he's talking about running the hill with me, doing all of that, and just working out. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen because it's going to be up to uh, Kyle Shanahan and also John Lynch. Ah, Antonio Brown, maybe a 49er, according to the GOAT. Yeah, I, I just this is one of those deals where the Pittsburgh Steelers seem so dumb with him, they probably want to move him, but do they want to move him to a team where he wants to go? And if he, they're going to, hey, we'll, we'll change it to San Francisco 49ers. We're going to make him overpay for, for, him, for you, though. You know, we're not just going to go like, oh, you know, hey, what's going Oh, you want to go to San Francisco? Cool. Let's, um, let's, give, let's give you away and take the $21 million cap hit because we want to make you happy. Like, no, that's not usually the way it works. Is wide receiver the only position in the NFL where we don't argue who the GOAT is? No, uh, that's a great point. Um, that's, I've said this before. Ryan Lott's the best safety of all time, right? Does anybody, I mean, some people always say Ed Reed, uh, Deion Sanders, best cover corner of all time. No one really in the okay. NFL argues that one. And Lawrence Taylor is the best outside linebacker. Okay, player. there you go. You got but, that. But yeah, then there's Jerry Rice. Raiders broke ground today on their new team headquarters in Henderson, Nevada, with quarterback Derek Carr in attendance. Will he get to use that building is the question. That's a, It's a great question. Derek Carr's like, yeah, that's going to be like, like, and the quarterback room will be here. And John Gruden's like, yeah, what do you care? No, I, he, he did get better. I guess, I guess we're going to find out, but that, that would be very awkward. Look, Mike Glennon, remember, remember Mike Glennon was at the draft party when they drafted Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. Was that the most, that was the most awkward thing ever. Uh, only thing that would top it in terms of being awkward would be, if they had some type of draft party at that new, and he's talking about this, and then the Raiders, you know, go and draft somebody number one, you know, yeah. trade up and, and get a quarterback at the, at the number five pick. If you go into a Raiders image store, you'll notice there is no sign of Oakland on anything. Any, everything they have just says Raiders. It's pretty pretty interesting. And uh, I don't, I'm not sure how much Las Vegas Raiders will have. Uh, finally, Bears GM Ryan Pace said today about Cody Parkey and the kicking position on the team, quote, that position is an emphasis for us. We understand that we need to get better, end quote. That on Cody Parkey and the kicking. Yeah. Um, 
Look, they were they were mad. He went on the Today Show and did the "Woe is me, people are mean to me" because I missed a field goal. And I know they had the the joke field goal competitions over the weekend. But like, look, that's his job. He didn't do it. Period. And he didn't have a good year. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Uh, I have some college basketball picks for you on Twitter. If you missed any of the show, you can download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, individual interviews, and of course uh, the rest of the show. Uh, Michael Lombardi tomorrow and cars and. Chris Carson. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.